Welcome to the Elite Coach Podcast. The podcast designed to give personal trainers and online coaches the tools they need to be more confident when taking on new clients, increase client retention by delivering a five-star service, and improve client results through their ability to apply the science to the clients. And if you want more free resources to help you along the way, head over to my Instagram page at Jawade Graham Coach, where you'll be able to get more insights, tips, and guidance on becoming a better trainer faster. But for now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to this episode of the show where I'm joined by Paul Standell. Now, Paul will probably need no introduction. You may know already who he is, but just in case you live under a rock and you didn't, Paul, can you tell us a little about yourself? I'm sure that this starts like a dating game, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> so I like long walks on the beach. Uh, <laughs> so I've been a PT for 13 years, I think I'm into now. Um, spent much of that as an in-person PT, then started transitioning online. Well, I say transitioning online. I was running an in-person and an online business together for many, many years from about 2014 onwards. Um, that really started taking off around the pandemic. I'd gotten into the biomechanics kind of space. I joined a company called The Muscle Mentors and was doing a bunch of education for those guys. Eventually that pivots. I now run uh, a company called The PT Project or The Personal Trainer Project with James Sutton, who used to be at M10, which is where Joade was as well. Um, it's a small world, really, this half of this industry. Uh, so I run that with, with Jimbo. We do a lot of education for PTs, um, whether that's they want to get in shape for photo shoots themselves, whether they want to learn biomechanics, whether they want to learn what I'm assuming we're talking about today, which is going to be content-y kind of things. And we really try and provide a bunch of guidance uh, for PTs through their career so that they can, you know, get to a point where they earn more money, have a better life, get better client results, et cetera, uh, faster than it took us because <laughs> it took us longer than it needed to probably to get to this point. So that, that's that's me. Yeah, and that's a really summed up version of yourself. Like I know you've got a, a wealth of experience that you haven't even touched the surface with, but today I really wanted to get you on to speak about becoming yourself on camera and that links into social media as well because you're an account that I followed before I came into your orbit as somebody who puts out great content you're very knowledgeable but it's not just having the knowledge it's how do you communicate that knowledge in a way that people understand and I think nowadays with the increase in the amount of people that are on social media it's becoming increasingly difficult to do so so for you in your experience, how did you find becoming your authentic self on social media? Good question. So I, I think and we were saying this a little bit before we started recording, like when if you're an in-person PT and you're thinking about getting into the online space, a lot of the skills that you learn in person carry over in the sense of being a coach, right? Understanding how to train a human being or how to deal with them with their nutrition and them struggling to stick to stuff, all of those things. There's no difference really online or in person in that side of things. But there's a giant difference in terms of how you generate business and how you run a business in an online setting versus an in-person setting. Like in person, you can pick up a client within like five minutes of talking to them on the gym floor if you do a good job of talking to them, help them with something, um, and they're, they've been thinking about getting a PT, etc. No one in the history of ever as an online coach has picked up a client five minutes after the person clicked the follow button. So the length of time to generate people is, is wildly different. One of the reasons I recommend to a lot of coaches when starting out, even if they want to go down the online route, is to build an in-person business first, is to take away the stress of the financials, right? It's like, look, you can build yourself to three, 4K a month pretty quickly and reasonably easily in person. 
then you can start working on these skills that are going to take you a bit longer to develop because they're a completely different skill set uh, to run an online thing than the in-person thing without the stress of being like, fuck me, how am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to like, you know, support my family and my kid or whatever else it is that you've got going on. So then finding yourself, the resistance and the hesitation, it took me way longer than it should. The resistance I found was that in person, you don't need a niche. You're going to come across this word niche, right? Demographic, person you speak to, people you help, right? That's the, going to be the gist of what we're talking about here. You don't need one in person. In person, the only niche that matters to you is, do they go to the gym that you work out or live near it? And can they afford PT? And if they can, if they do both of those things, they can be a client. And that was, for me, something I really enjoyed about in person was the variety. It meant I was doing different things with people with different goals. And that kept it a little bit more interesting because if you've been doing it 10 years, there's only so many squats you want to watch in a day before you're like, fuck me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to watch another squat, right? No matter how much you love the, the job. If you do the same thing over and over and over again, you get a bit bored of it. So having some variety was was nice. And so it took me years, really, because I was hesitant to have a, a niche online because I was like, but I want to talk about all these topics. I'm interested in all these topics. So I want to I want to talk about muscle protein synthesis or I want to talk about um, a protein intake kind of thing or I want to talk about sleep or I want to talk about biomechanics. And so I was just making stuff that I was interested in and I cared about and no one else gave a shit. <laughs> Right? No one paid any attention to my content, really. My online clients that I had were actually people I knew in person, pretty much. There was like one or two outside of it. But like the online business I had really was just built off of the in-person business I had, which meant it wasn't really a hugely online business. Um, and it wasn't until I started to go, oh, it's not about just knowing what you're talking about, though, you know, you should know that, right? It's how can you communicate it effectively to another person through social media, through an email, through whatever medium that you want to use? And most of that comes down to how do you get their attention and hold their attention? And I think most of that comes down to people are on, I'm going to use Instagram because that's the thing I use for it. They're on Instagram to be entertained, engaged, and for something they enjoy. It has to be about them. And so if you want to make a post about protein, if it's not immediately obvious how it helps them or it entertains them within a few seconds, they're not listening to the whole rest of your post. So it doesn't matter how good or how helpful you think your post is. If you can't communicate to someone, it sort of doesn't matter. And that comes down to, you know, the, the phrases that you use. How much effort do you put into, is this the best way I could make this point about protein for this particular audience? Because if you were, you can make a post about protein, like I don't care if you're audiences, bodybuilders or new mums or the elderly or whoever, right? You can absolutely make a post about protein, but how you frame it so that those people pay attention absolutely fucking matters. For bodybuilders, it's going to, it may well be like, you know, this is the amount of protein you need to make sure you stay fucking jacked, right? Or, you know, don't miss out on this if you want to, if you want to get even more massive than sebum, right? It might be something in that kind of realm. That's not going to make a new mum, right? Or a very niche subset of new mums, right? It, but it's not going to help them click on that particular thing. It's like, you know, how to get your body back post-pregnancy, okay? And then you might go into protein being one of the things that's within that. But who you reference might be, I don't know, the fucking Jenners or something. I don't know what mums are into these days, right? <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not, not the Jenners. Definitely <laughs> not the Jenners. The Jenners could do it. <laughs> Whoever we would pick for for the, you know, how to look like, j-lo now right like she's like 50 something still looks great right so but picking um a 
a person or a reference that those people are going to understand is different within those things. If I was talking to PTs about protein, which is the kind of content I tend to make, um, it's going to be like the three different protein targets I use with clients or you should use with clients. I'm not just saying, here's three different protein things. I'm trying to put it in a frame of reference that that person goes, oh yeah, I need to know that. That's useful to me, right? So for PTs, it's about them and their ability to get client results or deal with something they struggle with. For mums, it's what do they struggle with? It's like, you know, easy snacks to get when your baby slept like shit through the night and you're fucking knackered, right? That's a that's a bit of content that may resonate with that audience a little bit more. And so it was for me figuring out, um, okay, all trainers talk about training, nutrition, mindset-y stuff. We, we all talk about the same stuff, but how you frame it has to be relative to a particular type of person because good content has to, you know, live in their head. It has to say their thoughts for them in a way that they go, yeah, fucking Joey gets me. He understands me. He's my guy, right? And it was making that shift that started to make making content much easier for me. And I think going down that, you start then to find this authentic you a little bit, which I think is actually what your question started at. And I think I've answered a slightly yeah. different one, right? But the, the authentic thing then comes about from going, how do I get rid of, I don't need to sound smart or like I'm trying to be correct with everything. For me, there was a big shift in going, how can I make this helpful rather than prove that I'm right? And that that was that was huge. And then it was like, okay, well, I, you know, I want to make jokes. I'm not an overly serious person. And yet, if you looked at my previous content way back in the day, it was really serious and boring. But if you hung out with me, I'm going to make a bunch of stupid fucking jokes uh, and inappropriate stuff. And, you know, that needs to be there because if you're going to coach someone, you're going to have a one-to-one -one relationship with them. And if the person that is coaching them is wildly different than the content that these people are seeing, there's a big disconnect. Uh, between between all those things. So I think finding the fun in it, whatever that means to you, if you're funny, be funny. Um, even if it's not going to be funny to everyone, you don't need to appeal to everyone. That's fine. Not everyone's going to find it funny, even if you do. If you're serious, then be serious, but get to the point quickly. If you're a bit quirky, be quirky, but you know, learn to figure out how much of that needs to be there? How much of it is a waste of space? Doesn't hold people's attention? Is a bit indulgent? What's the right level of it? All of that stuff just takes a bit of time to to figure out and practice um, and, and making mistakes with that and getting some guidance on it. All those things I think are useful. I've said about a million yeah. things there. <laughs> yeah, and like it's really important because you mentioned something about if you're funny, be funny. Like, and if you're serious, be serious. And at least in the the last few months, I've seen, uh, I'm not going to say a trend, but something where you can tell people aren't authentically them online. And if I can tell I'm not actually looking, it's like, well, your clients can tell. And people may see someone like yourself who you can tell the way you come across on social media, that's you. I've mm. spoken to you on education stuff where we've been in calls and that's you. What, you, what we see online is you. But for some other people, they portray an image whether it's serious and then actually serious or whether it's funny and then actually funny they portray an image that isn't them and in your opinion and experience do you think that comes down to a lack of confidence or is it something have you have you noticed things yourself like for me it's easier to be my authentic self because I had a platform before I went independent where I gained a lot of respect and authority so I don't need to do certain things to stay in the limelight for lack of a better term but in your opinion do you feel like it's a lack of confidence or do you feel like it's something else where people have that disconnect i think it's a lack of confidence in the sense that it's a lack of 
clarity, I think, as much as anything. Like people don't know what they should be making and doing. So they just copy other things that they see are successful for other people. <laughs> right. And that for me just means, okay, they don't know what they're doing. And they're just jumping from a fad to a fad to a fad with no underlying strategy beyond that. And just hoping that trending audio will solve their problems. Or, you know, if it's the thing now where people say a sentence whilst doing an activity and then it cuts to another shot and they're doing a different activity and then it cuts to another shot. Now they're in the fridge, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, like you can, you can learn from all these things and there's a time and a place for them. But if it doesn't suit you, it doesn't suit what you're doing and the the fundamentals of do you know who you're talking to and what you help them with and can you i have a, a strategy i like to give mentoring clients recently um if they're if we're working on content which is can you write me a day in the life of your client right like what time do they wake up what's the first thing they think about when they wake up is that they waking up because the baby is screaming and it, they check the fucking time and it's, oh, it's 4 37 and this is the third time they've woken up in the last joey probably can relate to this right now right and they're like oh fucking hell okay i know it's her time to get up yes i don't have to get up right and <laughs> can you tell me what stresses they've got and then what they do and then where they go to eat and what the day looks like and what their wins what their struggles are you know why do they eat the things that they eat and why do they turn to this what like write me a day in the life of a client because if you can't write me a day in the life of your niche you don't understand your niche you don't understand the struggles that they've got going on you don't understand how to relate to them and remember content the big difference online is you have to have that person un feel related to they have to see your stuff and laugh because they recognize their life in it or smile because they recognize their life in it or just nod because you go he fucking gets me because if if that person the other side of the phone goes this person gets me they already know you're a trainer right so they're going to assume you know about training and nutrition even if you fucking don't know about training and nutrition because to most people the fact you're a personal trainer means oh you must know right <laughs> So the trainers listening to this will be like, but I don't know. And you're like, yeah, I know you don't know, right? But that doesn't matter in the, in the eyes of the person. They already think you know about those things. And so it's more about, can you persuade these people that you truly understand their life? And if you can't write me a day in the life of them and have it be an interesting and, and realistic one, then I would say you don't understand your niche well enough to do anything. Like when people don't know what to post or what to come up with, it's because they don't understand the person's life really, right? And And how they go about helping those bits. So I think... Um, a lot of that is trying to figure out that side of things. Once you have clarity on that, then we can figure out what the style is, right, of of you. And, okay, you know, that's a really boring sentence. How do we make it less boring? Well, are you just saying a sentence because you heard someone else say that point? Are you just copying what Mike Israel said on that point? Are you just copying what Michael Goulden said with that point? Are you just copying what James Sutton said with the point? Are you copying what I said with the point? You have to go, okay, that's the point. How would I say that to a particular person in a way that is me? So I swear a lot and I make fucking inappropriate references to things, but that is not going to be everyone and it shouldn't be everyone. And it's going to put some people off and they're not going to work with me because of those things. And that's fine. It means there's space here for a whole range of different styles to work. I would say the almost the most important one is clarity of who you're talking to, clarity of the point you're making. So don't waffle. Don't go off on a million different tangents. Don't start with, hey, guys, so today we're going to talk about, right? Just get to the point so that someone goes, even if you're not funny, ah, oh, he's he's nice and clear within this. If you looked at like a Jeff Nippard on, on YouTube type thing, Jeff Nippard isn't funny, but his stuff is very clear, quick, to the point, well edited, 
blah, blah, blah. So you don't always have to be funny. Don't, I would say don't strive for funny if that doesn't naturally come to you, but that, and that's completely okay. We can still find different ways of getting a bit more personality in there. I do think that most people benefit from guidance whether, because, you know, whether that's a, a gem pop person in the gym learning to squat doesn't need to just be told do three sets of 10 on a squat. They need to be coached through a squat and have it adjusted based on what we're, what they're doing so that we find their way of squatting that suits them. Right. And they need feedback on that, not just to be told to squat. I think most coaches, when they're starting out and they have no idea what the fuck they're doing, need feedback on what they're doing. So you go, that bit's pretty good. I like that. That does come across like you. Because a load of coaches also won't know who the hell they are, right? I don't, I don't know how to be myself, <laughs> right? In which case, okay, well, let's have a chat. Let's get to know you a bit. And I can start going, yeah, that does sound like you. Or that doesn't seem like the person sitting on the other end of this thing to kind of me. Or that misses that. So I think guidance is the most underrated thing that you can have in your career. Yeah, and I've been getting guidance for the past year and a half now, so I understand that. Yep. And just coming back to a point where I think it's quite important where you said getting to the point quickly and having clarity on what you're talking about, and that links into the next thing that I was going to talk about with you, and that is how important is it for you that somebody knows their topic inside out? Because if you know your topic inside out, in my experience, you're able to get clarity and give clarity in a way that somebody understands so if you like say for example you've done mastery rts mm -hmm. you know the inner workings of biomechanics however on social media you're able to make that message a little bit more succinct a little bit more concise so people if they want to go down the rabbit hole drop me a dm if yeah. this is where you're at you understand it and you can take it away and apply it so how much how much importance do you put on knowing your topic in terms of being able then to be succinct in content it's a good question. I don't think there's a completely right or wrong answer because I think we've all known coaches who don't know nearly enough, right? Um, and that's a problem because <laughs> then they're talking shit and that's not particularly helpful. And if you are talking a bunch of crap, I think, and you aren't really therefore very good at your job, your retention tends to suffer. And that's a huge problem. But I also know lots of crap coaches, not necessarily personally, but I see lots of them, who... Um, do not struggle to have a successful business, which tells me that at least from the business perspective, knowing your shit inside out isn't necessarily essential, right? Retaining your business, it absolutely matters. I would say even from an ethical standard, look, if you're the kind of person listening to this podcast, you want to be good at what you do, otherwise you wouldn't be fucking listening to this thing, right? So I can presume that you're already bought into the idea that I don't just want to be you know, successful financially. I actually want to feel like I do make a difference and I have the skill set to make a difference for my clients as well. And so you absolutely need to know your topic in order to do that, or topics, I would say. Then it's figuring out, and as you kind of touched on, you know, from a biomechanics perspective, I could go down the rabbit hole of talking about component forces and joint forces and trigonometric equations and using the sine function in order to calculate how a force angle differs from 20 degrees to 30 degrees versus 80 degrees to 90 degrees. But I don't. <laughs> and, and I don't because I'm like, there's like three people who are going to follow along with that at this particular point. And so that's not that helpful. I think a lot of the nuanced coaching stuff that you're going to do is you do that in the coaching. You do that when the person is a client. Right. The 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 gray areas, the nuance, the in this particular case, we're gonna do this and let's have a discussion. Let's figure out where they're at and give them okay, we can move forward from here. 
that's where most of the more complicated stuff is going to be best suited to do it because to set that up even as as a topic of conversation requires a whole bunch of different steps otherwise people are just going to be like i don't understand how this is related to anything that i'm doing in the gym and that's even for pts so i just don't really make content on joint forces particularly often the only time i've made a joint force video is because i made a diving board seesaw that i could demonstrate something visually really obviously with and go oh that's weird right and could run off from that point so i think from a business development perspective it's you need two things you need to know your topic well enough to be able to help the kind of people you're helping and by that, I kind of mean, right, let's say you know loads about sleep, but you are working with new parents. It sort of doesn't matter that you know loads about sleep with new parents, because I don't care what you do, they're not going to sleep that well, right? So other than you telling them, oh, this isn't that great for you, and you'd be better off if you could sleep more, and them going, fuck off, I can't, right? <laughs> like, that becomes one of those bits where, Paul, it's great that you know it, but how much of it can you use? How much of it informs what you're able to do with that niche if that is your niche, right? So trying to figure out, okay, well, what do they struggle with? Well, new parents, they're going to be time constrained because they're constantly running around after kids. They're going to be stressed uh, and sleep deprived because of, well, the same fucking kind of things within that. It's going to be, if they're new parents and it's the first child, this is a whole new experience to them. So they've got all this kind of shit going on for them. If it was PTs and they're in person still, they're going to work stupidly weird hours, right? First client, 6 a.m., gap for two hours, another client, gap for three hours, one more client at lunchtime, gap for four hours, three clients in the evening, go home, do it again tomorrow, but slightly differently. You know, your, your days off are Sunday and Thursday because you're a fucking idiot who decided to take two days off that weren't back-to-back, -back, right? It's what that's going to be like in terms of um, communicating with them so that they get you or that they feel like you get them and then understand, okay, I know that, calories matter here. I know the impact of oh, what happens to leptin when people get lean. I understand what's going on by my head. Like know the ins and outs of that stuff, but then go understanding all that, which of these bits matter for my audience and matter for me practically being able to help them. Because if you're making content about shit that your audience has almost no chance of implementing, you're not being helpful, <laughs> right? Um, so I think it's that you need two things. There are clients who don't know what the fuck they're talking about, in which case, oh, sorry, uh, coaches who don't know what they're talking about, in which case they need to know what they're talking about. But then you also need this skill set in an online setting, in a content creation setting of knowing then how to make those points relevant to the type of person that you're talking to. You need both of those skills. Yeah, and I think it's really important because you just gave like two sides of the same spectrum or different spectrum. And we kind of touched upon this briefly before the call as well, how building in a business a coaching business and marketing that coaching business are two separate skill yeah. sets and yep. for me in my personal experience and this is kind of lays into the message that i preach on social media it helped me to get good at coaching before mm -hmm. i delve into the marketing stuff because now when i'm learning the marketing i'm able to retain clients like you mentioned that point as well for a lot longer because i'm able to deliver on the promises i'm making on social media whereas I think nowadays with the rise of the business mentor or whoever else there is, yep. there seems to be a little bit of a shortcut that people think they can take. And you said quite rightly, there are people that are great at building, not even building business, getting clients, we'll say, because yep. that's different. Yep. Then when it comes to actually delivering on what they promise and what they're saying they can deliver on, they don't do that. And that's where I wouldn't even call that a coaching business. I'd call that a, a marketing mm -hmm. business or a yeah. sales business because it's completely different to 
actually coaching, bringing people in, delivering on a result. And I likened it to a hotel recently. Like if you booked to stay in a hotel, you turned up and there was no rooms available, you'd be pissed. <laughs> coaches, coaches advertise yeah. I've got a room available. You get there, there's no room. You don't get what you want. <laughs> and then you're like, well, hang on. I just gave you 600 quid for three months. That's nice. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's my room? Where's my... Yeah, yeah. Where's my it's kind of... And it's similar. So for me, I think it takes a little bit longer, but I find, and how much knowledge is going to be dependent, like you coach personal trainers, I coach personal trainers, yep. the amount of knowledge that we have may be a little bit deeper to be able to impart on personal trainers. However, for a personal trainer, like you said, knowing your client inside out, that's their life. That's the physiological stuff they're coming come in contact with. So if it's busy professionals, wherever they are, what well, they're going to be highly stressed. Do you know how to manage stress? Can yep. you then put that in a way, in a post, an email, a reel of one, two, three easy, applicable ways to manage stress? If yes, you'll probably get some buying somewhere and you'll be able to go into more detail, as you said, down the line when they're coming. So I think that was a, a really great point that you made there. And it's it's really interesting now that I'm at that point now where building a marketing side of the business, as yeah. well as the coaching side is it's like, oh, shit, it's, it's two different things going on now. It's entirely different. It's like, it's not related in the slightest. Like, you, you have to know, you know, I rather, I, instead of the hotel kind of analogy, although I quite like that one, it was pretty good. I might steal that one from you and try to, <laughs> uh, but I, I used to use and still use you know, carpenters, plumbers, etc. It's like, you know, you don't want to be a, a plumber who can sell how great a plumber they are. And then they actually can't fix a fucking leak under the sink or do any of those bits. You're like, ah, well, we have a different, we've got a problem there. Um, and when you move, online you have to be the person bringing in the business whereas in person again it comes mainly from talking to people and referrals that come in and all that kind of stuff and it is just quicker and easier to build a business there in a fast sense and then practice your skills and learn um and you know develop your the craft that you've got because it is easier to develop that in person than it is online because in person you've got a person right in front of you if you say a bunch of cues and nothing changes you might start going this isn't working like the internet told me it would work right and in which case you know you learn you, you start poking and, and prodding and trying other things and going oh that does seem to work or that doesn't or hmm right and you get immediate feedback on what you're doing Online, you do not get immediate feedback on anything you tell a client or ask a client to do or whatever. It's delayed, you know, until they reply to your WhatsApp or the Loom video that you sent um, or their next check-in a week later if they don't reply to you Im immediately within those things. And, and that's even if they send you video in the first place of them doing an exercise and some of them won't. You know, we coach PTs and PTs are more likely to film themselves in the gym. But for a lot of people, that that that's a struggle in and of itself is like getting them to do anything that you want them to do. So... You can learn to be a great coach faster in person than online. I would recommend the vast majority of people start in person, really develop those skills, and then start building an online thing on top of that. Because it's a completely different set of skills you're going to need to master as well. And if you haven't already mastered the coaching side of things, well, now you're having to master even more fucking things all at once. And the pressure is going to be on because you haven't got income coming from anywhere else. And so ah, it's just a lot of stress. So, you know, get that bit solid first. Yeah, perfect, perfect. And I'm going to take a little bit of a, a different tact now or go into a different area, which is cool. And I wanted to speak about, because again, social media is a highlight reel. So I'm guilty of it myself. Maybe not guilty is not the right word, but I do it myself. I don't post the downs as much. Sure. It's just, oh, here's this great result. Not here's a client that left me because I wasn't <laughs> able to find them to their result. Yeah. So for you, what are your top three mistakes? And 
when I say mistakes, it could be a mistake or something that you've learned from. So we'll say an opportunity for learning. In an online sense or just in a general life sense? <laughs> <laughs> in a personal training sense, so online on the gym floor. So online coaching on the gym floor. Online coaching would definitely be, um, you know, trying to be too smart, not having a niche, not having any guidance or feedback on kind of what I was doing. Those are, are, are pretty straightforward. Of thinking, oh, I'm interested in something. Therefore, if I just say the things I'm interested in, in the words that I use, other people will give a fuck. No, they weren't. Uh, and no, they didn't. So <laughs> trying to be, trying to think of it like that, I, I wasn't treating it like a business because I didn't know what that meant. Um, and so I was spending loads of hours making content and doing stuff that wasn't resonating, wasn't hitting, wasn't really bringing me clients in. Um, and, you know, and yeah, I did it for years, <laughs> uh, which is kind of strange, right? Um, I could still make, I could go back on those bits of content, remake them and have them do just fine now um, by reframing them and putting them in a different manner. So it wasn't the topic was wrong. It was how I was communicating. It was was wrong. I was trying to come across as smart rather than helpful type thing. I didn't know who I was, who I was helping. And then I wasn't getting any critique from someone that I respected that did it well. Um, and again, that guidance, that mentorship, whether it's biomechanics and Michael Coulden or, or Tom Purvis, or whether it's this type of space and it's a Simon Mitchell, or it's, you know, Dan and Mike over at, uh, the business of Manta boys. I work with Dan currently, for example, um, or Ollie Car It doesn't like, there's loads of people who can help you with this stuff. And I promise you working with one of them will accelerate things by giving you feedback on this bit's good. This bit shit. Because when you're start when you're starting out, your ability to evaluate what is good and bad isn't there. And you need to learn that from someone. Um, and so those are the the big ones there. I would say, because you kind of started touching on then maybe making it like a highlight reel. Um so I, you know, I have a history of of mental health stuff. Like OCD was has been a, a part of my life for a, a chunk of years, 10 years basically. And I could say going through that shit as it has been and was taught me more about coaching human beings than almost anything else I, I went through in any course that I did in terms of handling people and the struggles that they go through and trying to understand what might be going on in their head. Whether I think that's a mistake. So I made the mistake for a period of time because I was in a dark place and struggling of talking a lot about that. And what I found was it started to bring in people who were also in a difficult place themselves. And that's great in that they were resonating and, and felt heard and like they could reach out to me. But it became quite difficult when, you know, you've got 20 of those people because their lives are quite chaotic. They're quite up and down. They're going to need a lot of support and assistance. And you might not be particularly qualified to do that. So over talking about it sometimes might, for me at least, brought in almost too much of a difficult client type. Again, at this point, I didn't really know who the fuck I was talking to or how it was helping. I was just being honest about what was going on in my life. But because I was being honest about what was going on in my life, it was specific, right? Like lots of coaches will say things like they work with busy professionals. Well, I don't really know what that means in terms of if you're at me in the day in the life of a busy farmer, that's pretty different than a busy office worker who works in law. That's pretty different than a busy pharmacist, pretty different than a busy doctor, right? So Let's pick some uh, and let's tell me what their, their day starts to actually specifically look like, the thoughts that they have, the fears that they have, um, because it's those things that will resonate with them that will make them want to, to reach out to you. So accidentally, by being specific about the struggles I particularly had, the thoughts I had, the worries that I had, 
that resonates with people who have similar ones. And so they reach out. So I didn't know what I was doing at the time from a, from a content perspective with it, but that's what started to happen. On the flip side, then, I think if you never talk about struggles that you have, you're being a liar, <laughs> right? Because you have some, don't lie to me, right? And I would say one of the most important things you can develop as a coach is the ability to have someone feel comfortable being open and honest with you about whatever is going on in their life. Because you can't coach someone through something if you don't know what's going on in their life. How on earth are you supposed to know what a reasonable suggestion is for a person if you don't know what's going on for them? And a lot of what people will have to be open and honest with you about will include things like eating too much because they're sad, lonely, bored, tired, anxious, stressed, depressed, whatever, emotional stuff. And some of that can be reasons as serious as their husband has died, because I've had clients like that, um, down to they just don't know what else to do and they're bored in the evening and it's either that or play the PlayStation, right? And everything kind of in between. And sometimes those things are embarrassing to admit. It's embarrassing to tell someone that you ate a load of stuff before your husband got in and then you buried the wrappers underneath the other stuff in the bin so that no one would notice that you ate all the shit that you ate before they got in or that you do that in the car or whatever. And because people are embarrassed to admit that, if we don't try and cultivate a space where they can feel as, as comfortable as we can make it, telling us honestly what they were doing, we won't be as effective as we can be with coaches. And then the thing I think I ask for other coaches is, well, how often do you model that behavior yourself? How often do you speak about the stuff you've done, the dumb fucking things that you've overeaten when you've binged, when you've fallen off, the struggles that go through your head? And that includes in your content because your clients will see your content as well. So it doesn't just have to be in their check-ins, though it should be in their check-ins and the conversations you have with them as well. So finding this balance of genuine vulnerability, genuine honesty about the shit that you've struggled with, but also not just having that be your entire identity online, because you are also there to model a path forward and solutions to problems and all those things. And I think you need to find a balance of that. And it took me quite a while, I would say, to find the right balance of that. So they're probably the main, I mean, there's got to be fucking loads more mistakes, uh, but <laughs> we'll go with those for now. Yeah, perfect. And I like what you said about the taking time to understand when to share and what to share, because again, like there is such a thing as overshare and there's such a thing as undershare and it will take time to share overshare sometimes and then undershare other times and then hit a happy medium yes. which is really cool but i'm gonna wrap things up there thank Sweet. you for taking the time i'm really aware that your time is precious at the moment with everything that you've got going on so before we wrap up just let everyone know where they can find you and how they can reach out to you if of course they don't already know who you are which that is... sounds like I should give them my home address. So... <laughs> yeah. Address, number, everything. Yeah, exactly. So easiest place to find me is Instagram. If you just search Paul Standell, that's S-T-A-N-D-E-L-L, -L, you will find me there. Or search the PT Project, uh, and you should find our page on there. Easiest, that's the easiest place to reach out if you don't already know me. Okay, yeah. well, thank you for joining me today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on, dude. That's it for this episode of the Elite Coach Podcast. Remember, if you like what you heard in this episode, head over to my Instagram page for more help becoming a better coach. And it would be great if you left a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whichever platform you're tuned in from. But until next time, 